welcome to the Seeds Church Podcast. Be sure to follow and subscribe to us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and on our Apple and Spotify podcasts. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message from our Sunday service. So, Joy and I have just got back from an overseas trip, and this was something that was planned a long time ago, but a thing called COVID came along and delayed proceedings. But we've... um, we, we, so we'd planned this thing some time ago, and little did we know that uh, um, Queen Elizabeth II would die while we were on holidays, and we ended up, the last um, seven days of our holiday was in London. And uh, so there was a lot happening. <laughs> more, And as you know, London is a pretty busy place, and even more so at the moment, and particularly last week. And so we... Um, we had this particular tourist venture one day where we went out to um, a place called Greenwich. Now, can I just say, for those who are interested in navigation and maps, I don't know how many people are, but I, I, I am. And out at Greenwich is zero longitude. It's literally a, a, a line. And you can actually see zero longitude. Now, I don't know, I get a little bit excited about that. But that's, um, anyway, so th- that's out at Greenwich. And so we were out that way and we... Um, I went on to Google Maps to find out how to get back to where we were staying and it said to catch this Docklands Light Rail so, and get to the end of that and then get off and follow the signs to the, um, to the I'll get it right, the circle or district line. Right. And that seems pretty straightforward, just follow the signs. Well, can I say, folks, that the, the railway stations and the underground railway stations in London um, a little bit different to Adelaide Railway Station. I, I, look, I just say that, and there are a number of folks here who, who've come from the UK or visited. You know, Adelaide of a certain level, well, this is sixth level. This is different story altogether. And not only is it complicated, but with the crowds, it's doubly complicated. So I said to Joy, okay, so we're going to get off and we're going to follow the signs to the circle and district line. And... Uh, I saw a sign in the distance and so we started to head towards that and look, there's just thousands of people just pouring in and it was quite close to where the queue was to see the coffin. And so, um, you know, there was just mammoth, mammoth crowds. And so we're following this sign and we get to one and I thought, I must be just around the corner. Well, we turn the corner and encountering thousands of people and then you go down these escalators. Now... I don't want to run down the transport system in South Australia because I was pretty involved with it for a long time, but there's some escalators at Adelaide Railway Station that occasionally work and aren't that long. You go into the, the tube stations and these escalators, they, they disappear down for a very long way and they're incredibly steep. And so we travelled all the way down and get to the bottom and, and there in the distance is a circle and district line sign. So we battle along. We were walking for what seemed like kilometres. And we were going look, through a labyrinth of passages, going through the ticket system and back out again. And, and after a while, you begin to doubt whether you know, you're actually going to get to your destination because it's so complicated and difficult. But all we were doing was fixing our eyes. And you may wonder about the, why this, where this story is going. I wonder sometimes myself. But, um, <laughs> and I'm sure my wife Joy is wondering. But, but we were fixing our eyes on this sign because that was going to take us eventually to our destination. And after a very, very long period of time, battling through the crowds and, and the, the confusion about where we should go, we finally found the next leg in our journey when we were able to catch this tube station and get back to where we were staying. But we only got there because we fixed our eyes on the circle and district line sign. Well, the topic of my 
um, sermon today is fixing our eyes not on the circle or district line sign, as important as that was last weekend, but fixing our eyes on Jesus. And I want to read to you from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. And I think it'll be up on the screen. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And clearly what the writer is saying to us here is to fix our eyes on Jesus. Now, Paul, the writer to the Hebrews, describes the Christian life here as a race. And uh, the Apostle Paul also used that terminology. In fact, in, in 2 Timothy, near the end of Paul's earthly life, um, he describes himself as having run the race, finished the race. And, and so the Christian life is described as, in the, as this metaphor of a race. Now, when you think of a race, different types of races can come to mind. And uh, for some of us, particularly when you watch the Olympics, you know, there's this huge build-up to the 100 metres. You know, and and uh, it's a bit like the build-up to the grand final. You know, this is massive. I don't know. I got a little bit distracted this morning in the first service because someone was wearing a, a Geelong scarf. You know, what was going on there? Admittedly, if, if the Crows had been in the grand final and happened to win, I probably would have worn my Crows top and scarf and hat. But anyway, um, the, uh, there was a big, huge build-up to the grand final. And I don't know if anyone watched it yesterday, but... A little bit of an anticlimax, really. You know, this massive build-up and it, it's a bit very one-sided event and we've moved on from that. So, um, and we're looking forward to 2023 if you're a football fan. But the Olympics has this huge build-up to the 100 metres and it's just all this nervous energy and the athletes are poised on the starting block and, and then the, you know, the gun goes off and in less, less than 10 seconds they're at the end and it's all over. And sometimes people get the idea that, you know, the Christian life is like this 100-metre sprint. Well, folks, can I tell you that it's not like the 100-metre sprint. When we talk about the race, running the race, it's not the 100 metres. It's actually more like another event that's in the Olympics, which is called the marathon, which is that small distance of 42 kilometres. And uh, I've got to say, put my hand up and say, look, I'm not a marathon runner. Our, our youth pastor, who's out the back there at the moment, Matt Peters, I know he's run the marathon, and full marks to him, and there may be some other folks who have run the marathon, but the Christian life is not a sprint, it's a marathon, and to run the marathon, you actually have to persevere, and you have to endure hardship and obstacles, and you have to try and get to that finishing line, and, and I've noticed, and this is an academic study of mine, I've, I've been reading about marathon runners, and I've noticed that when they run... They don't sort of run along waving to the crowd and giving a thumbs up to possible supporters who see, they see on the sidelines, you know, see you later, I'll see you at the finishing line. No, they are trying to get to the end. 
And it's a huge effort to get to the end. And I've read about the fact that you, you can sort of hit this physiological wall where um, you know, all your bo- everything in your body is saying, stop, you know, it's hurting too much, I've got to stop now. But you've got to persevere and break through that and get to the end. And one of the ways that people use to get to the end is by fixing their eyes and their mind's eye, fixing themselves on the finishing line. Because if you fix it yourself on that, then you can endure all this pain and hardship and get to the end. So the Christian life is not a 100-metre sprint, folks. It's enduring and getting through to the end. Now, and you might think, whoa, you know, whoa, that's a tough gig, Mark. You know, the, 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 um, the, you know, surely it's got to be easier than that. Well, it's not actually that easy, but, but the wonderful thing is that we are called, not just as an individual, but we're called collectively to run this race, and we run it fixing our eyes on Jesus, on Jesus, fixing our eyes on him. You know, I, um, I noticed that not only does it talk about running a race, but it says here, we run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So there's a race here, this Christian race, this Christian life, it's marked out for us. It's not as if you're an athlete who turns up on the day and says, oh, look, today I think I might try the triple jump. Give that a shot, you know. As an aside, I used to try and do the triple jump when I was in high school. Came third three years in a row. That was the best I ever did. But, you know, I had to go at the triple jump. But you don't just turn up and think, oh, look, I might just try and run this race my own way. No, the Bible says that we're called to run a race, but it's marked out for us. God marks out the race. Do you see that? And that's exciting because he's, in, he's in, in, encouraging us to participate with him and collectively with his family in running this race together. But folks, the race, the race is not a static thing. It's not as if, you know, it's, it's this very straightforward thing and you can see right to the end and all you've got to do is go from point A to point B. No, no. This race, as I think anyone who's been involved in it for a short period of time, know that, that it changes and life changes and circumstances change. You know, I, I started off my working life as a transport engineer and I did that for a long time. But, but, and, that, and that was, I really felt God's call on my life to be involved as a transport engineer. Now I'm in the next stage of running this race and uh, Joe and I are leading this church plant. And so I've gone from being um, a transport engineer to, uh, to a pastor, which it's a pretty amazing situation. But, but that's because God has called me to run this race and it's been a race marked out for us. And God has marked out a race for you. And it's not just certain people who are called to run the race no, no, it's not the elites, it's not the spiritual elites, it's not people who somehow or other got all their lives together. God is calling all of us to run this race that's marked out for us. And we need to be seeking God to understand what is this race? What are you calling me to do, Lord? What, what is my role in this race? And we all have a role, folks. It's exciting. God's calling us to be part of his kingdom to run the race marked out for us. Amen? All of us are invited, the people who are watching online, the people who are in this room today, God is calling us collectively to run this race. It's marked out for us. You know, um, some years ago I came across a a Christian tract. I was at university and there was a a particular Christian organisation at the time called the Navigators. 
and they would be going out speaking to people about the gospel and they had this particular tract called um, The Four Spiritual Laws. Now, for people who are aged over a certain figure, I don't want to stress what that figure is, but you, you may have heard of The Four Spiritual Laws. Can I just get a show of hands? Anyone who remembers The Four Spiritual Laws? And there's a, there's a smattering, smattering of people here. But, but, and it was a useful trap. But the first law was... God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Does that ring a bell with anyone? God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And look, there's a great truth in that, that God does love us. He does love us. But, but this expression, God has a wonderful plan for your life, can be, can be a little bit misleading. Because some people interpreted that and say, Oh, well, it's, it's life, if I come to Christ, life is just going to be wonderful. It's, I'm just going to coast along. It's just going to be, I'm on easy street. You know what I mean? It's just going to be a trouble-free, basking on a tropical island type life and it's just going to be wonderful. Well, a better expression might be, God loves you and has a perfect plan for your life. A perfect plan. It doesn't mean it's going to be a trouble-free existence. It doesn't mean it's not going to have challenges and obstacles and, and, and uh, challenges along the way, but God does love us and has a perfect plan for our life because Jesus never promised this trouble-free existence. So we, we are called to run this race, fixing our eyes, fixing our eyes on Jesus. You know, there's an expression I've heard lately that people talk about having a, a laser-tight focus on something, particularly in the corporate world. People are using this term, having a a laser-like focus. Now, I'm a little bit interested in physics and uh, I don't know whether people know the word laser. The word laser is actually an acronym. Just checking if whether people are with us. It's an acronym. It stands for Light Amplification by Stimulated Emission of Radiation. How many people... Fully aware of that. If you weren't aware, now that's a takeaway from today. You can go home, share with people. I now know what laser means. So, but the whole point about it was, and is, is that the laser is this very intense, high energy beam of light. And unfortunately, some people use it in a bad way. They get hold of lasers, particularly very powerful lasers. And you can, I don't encourage this behaviour. You can point them at people or aeroplanes and stuff like that because it's such a powerful beam an intense high frequency beam which can go a very long distance and and we are called as Christians as followers of Jesus to have a a laser like focus on Christ because we can be so easily distracted by other things we can be distracted by ourselves and our own self desires and self wants we can be distracted by other people we can be distracted by circumstances but we are called folks to run this race with a laser like focus on Jesus fixing our eyes on him and then it goes on to say that Jesus is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And this is important because, and this is another revelation for today, besides the takeaway about a laser, which I'm hoping people have made notes about, there's um, Hebrews 12 is preceded. I just want to break this out today. 
Hebrews 12 is preceded by Hebrews 11. And I know that that's going to be a shock. But in Hebrews 11, it's all about faith. And so Hebrews 11 starts off with a definition of faith. Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now faith is a confidence in what we hope for and insurance about what we do not see. And then it goes on to list these heroes of the faith. And there's some familiar names here. Abraham and Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Gideon, Samson, David, Samuel. The list goes on. And, and the latter part of Hebrews 11, it says they were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. All of these heroes of the faith, they'd, they'd had promises from God and they'd followed those promises, but the promises are fulfilled fully in Jesus Christ because Jesus is the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. It all starts and ends with Jesus. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end and our faith begins with Jesus. Jesus is the pioneer. You don't just sort of generate faith from within you, not sustaining faith, not life-giving faith. It just doesn't sort of generate with you. Faith comes from Christ. In the book of Romans, um, chapter um, 10, verse 17, we read this. Faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. So Jesus is the pioneer or the author of our faith. We receive faith by hearing the message. And the message is the, what is the message? The message is the word about Christ. So it's through listening and receiving the word of Christ that we receive faith because faith comes from him. We don't invent it. We don't self-generate it. It comes from Jesus. It's a gift. But we need to receive the gift. So Jesus is the pioneer or the author of our faith, the beginning and the end. And not only is he, is he the pioneer, but he's also the, the, um, the perfecter of faith. He's the perfecter of faith. So faith begins with Christ and receiving the word of Christ. But if you grow in your faith through Jesus by having a laser-like focus on him, that's how you grow in faith. Not by looking at yourselves, not by looking at other people. You look to Christ and it's through looking at Christ who is the perfecter of our faith. So he just doesn't leave us as we are, but he takes us as we respond to him in faith and he causes us to grow in us, grow in ourselves and grow in our relationship with Christ and our faith is perfected through having a focus on Jesus. Amen. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. And we come to faith in all sorts of different ways. And if I did a survey today and asked people, how did you come to faith? You'd be, I'd get all sorts of different responses. I heard a wonderful testimony last Sunday about coming to faith. Joy and I had the privilege last Sunday to be able to worship at um, Holy Trinity Brompton in London. Now, some people may know, have heard of Holy Trinity Brompton or HTB, as they call it, um, because that is the home of the Alpha course. And Alpha has been a huge movement. Um, used by the Lord to bring many me, millions of people actually to Christ. And so it started at Holy Trinity Brompton. And I know a number of people have been involved in the Alpha course here. So while we were there last Sunday, um, they were talking about another Alpha course coming up, not surprisingly. And um, the, the pastor 
or the vicar, as they say, got um, this young man to come up on the, on the platform with another chap, and, and he shared his testimony about how he came to Christ. So this was very fresh, because so I, I heard it last Sunday. And this particular young man, he was probably in his early 30s, um, name of, of K, I think it was spelled K-A-I. And he was in a situation um, until recently where his mother had died and uh, he was feeling incredibly grief-filled and grief-stricken. And life for him was, was very difficult. He'd been smoking marijuana continuously from as a young age and he was uh, in a dark place. And he, um, he'd grown up in a sort of an atheistic, strong atheistic background, knew nothing about Christianity, knew nothing about faith. And he'd gone to, the, to co- somehow rather cope with his grief. He'd gone to this graveside where his mother was buried. And nearby was the grave of a friend of his, a young boyhood friend of his. And uh, so he visited his mother's graveside and he was walking towards the graveside of his, of his friend as well. And he saw on the ground this um, bright blue credit card. And uh, so his eyes were taken with that. So he picked it up and it turned out to be the brother of the young man who had died. And he knew this man. He knew him. He hadn't seen him for 20 years, but he knew him. And so he thought, oh, well, look, I found his credit card. I better get in touch with him. I mean, the chances of finding this blue, bright blue credit card on the ground. So he, he contacts um, his friend, whose name um, is Nano. Nano is his, his Nano, I think, is how you pronounce it. Nano, and he rang him up and he said, "Oh, look, I've I've got this card for you. I've I've got this card I want to give to you." And Nano thought it was a condolence card for his brother who had died you see so he said oh well look let's catch up for breakfast and uh, they, they meet for breakfast he didn't now he didn't even realize that he'd lost his credit card I don't know how that works out I mean you know most of us lose a credit card we just panic and you know notify 25 people and ring numbers and wait for half an hour and try and deal with it but but this bloke hadn't even realized he'd lost his credit card but they meet for breakfast and and Kay is, is pouring out his heart to, his, to this bloke who he hadn't seen for 20 years and talking about the grief he was feeling and, and, and the difficulty he was having. And he, and he, he said to Nano, look, I, I think that you seem to be coping better with this grief of your brother, dear brother. What, what, what's going on there? And, and his friend said, oh, look, you know, since I last met you, I've had an encounter with Jesus and it's, and it's faith in Christ that's really helping me get through this situation. And so Kay was asking him all these questions. And, and eventually Nano said, well, look, the best thing for you would be is if um, I, were, I go to a church called Holy Trinity Brompton and they run this thing called the Alpha Course. And uh, I think it'd be great for you if you could come along and that might really help you answer all these questions. And now this was in March of this year, right, March of this year. And so Kay goes along to the Alpha Course and for many people who know about the Alpha Course, there's a certain point there where... where um, comes to a bit of a, uh, a key point when people ask the Holy Spirit to come in their lives. And Kay gave his life to Christ at this event. And, uh, and he's standing up there confessing his faith and said that during the Alpha Course, midway along, he decided that he would just go cold turkey and stop drink, smoking marijuana. And, and his whole life completely changed, completely changed. So much so 
that uh, he, the, the senior pastor was saying, well, we're running an Alpha course next week and Kay's going to be one of the hosts. And this was a bloke who came to Christ in March of this year. And it was just so encouraging to be there and to hear this life-giving story about this young man who was in deep darkness and deep depression and great grief having an encounter with Jesus Christ. And so much so that his whole, as he said, his whole perspective has changed. And here he is now hosting, helping to host an Alpha course that was going to start next week in, in, at Holy Trinity. God does incredible things. He is the author, folks. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. And, and, and Jesus wants to touch all of our lives. He wants to invite us to participate in this race where we are called to fix our eyes on Jesus with a laser-like focus, not to be distracted, but to look to Christ. And, and, and if you think it still sounds a bit daunting having to run a marathon, well, firstly, you don't run it alone. We're actually collectively called to participate in this race. I think that helps a lot with the long-distance race. But secondly, folks, we don't just run it in our own strength. But God doesn't just call us to participate in the race, but he also promises to fill us with the Holy Spirit. The ability to respond to Jesus because God's Holy Spirit, the Spirit of life, can actually come into our life and sustain us and empower us and enable us to to run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So it's not as if it's it's beyond us to run this race because for many people it's beyond them the idea of running 42 kilometres. It's possibly beyond me at the moment, I have to say. But... But God calls us to run and participate in this race, fixing our eyes upon Jesus, because he is the author and perfecter of our faith. It's good news, folks. It's good news. And, and, and we shouldn't be surprised at the incredible ways that God works in people's lives, in all sorts of incredible ways to bring people to faith, because God is in the business of drawing people to himself. And even now, he is calling us to, to participate in this race. And maybe you haven't even started. Maybe you haven't even got out of the, of the blocks. Maybe you're watching online and you've randomly come across this service. Well, can I tell you that Jesus wants to, you to participate in this race, and he's calling you to start. But folks, for many of us who know Christ, I want to tell you that this fixing your eyes on Jesus is not just a one-off event. It's not just a thing you do you know, at a certain point in time and then perhaps somehow rather you move on. But, but daily, day by day, we are called to continue to fix our eyes upon Jesus. Whatever our circumstances, whether you're a student at university, whether you're someone who is trying to cope with a growing family, or whether you're someone who is in the later stages of your life and you may not be in paid employment anymore, but God is still calling you to participate in the race. And can I tell you, folks, whether you're here now or watching online, if you're spiritually thirsty, then can I encourage you to fix your eyes upon Jesus because he is the source of living water. Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink and out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. If you're feeling spiritually hungry, if you can sense that there's this inadequacy in your life and that you don't sense that there's meaning in your life, can I tell you, folks, you need to fix your eyes upon Jesus because he is and he promises to be the bread of life. The sort of food that Jesus provides will always satisfy us and sustain us. Other stuff is like fast food, junk food. You know, 
smells lovely, you eat it, and you get a little bit disappointed. <laughs> it's a story of going to hot chips. It's a story of your life. But we are called, folks, to feed not upon fast food, but to look at Jesus. He is the bread of life. If you're struggling with guidance, can I encourage you to look to Jesus? Because the Bible says, and Jesus described himself as the light of the world. The light of the world. He overcomes darkness. He illuminates darkness. He overcomes it. And if you need guidance, if you need direction, don't look to yourself. Don't look to other people. Look to Jesus. Fix your eyes upon him. If you're needing comfort, if, you may, if, you're, if you're feeling at the moment as if there's stuff that's happened to you and you need comfort in your life, maybe you're, maybe you're grieving. Maybe there's things happened which are great disappointments. Can I tell you, folks, that come to Christ, look to him because Jesus is the good shepherd, the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep, who cares for the sheep. If you need healing, can I encourage you to look to Jesus because he is the great physician. He is the healer. We need to continually to look to Jesus. You know, one stage when Jesus was, was teaching, a number of people found his teachings too hard and they wandered away. And Jesus turned to Peter and said, what about you, Peter? What are you going to do? And, and Peter said, well, Lord, where else would I go? Because you alone, you alone have the words of eternal life. And this Jesus who calls us to, to run the race, who encourages us to participate in what he's doing, who has marked out a race for us, he loves us so much. And he alone, he alone has the words of eternal life. He alone can sustain us and provide us meaning in life. He is the good shepherd. He is the shepherd of the sheep. He is the one who provides light and bread and life to all those who would want to come to him. So let's just pray right now. Heavenly Father, I ask that um, whatever our circumstances, whether we've never really looked to you before, to your son Jesus, or whether we've become a bit stale and a bit jaded and a bit distracted, I pray, Father, that today we might, in a new way, in a refreshed way, look to your son Jesus. Look to him now. And I pray, Holy Spirit, as we're still before you, that you might touch our hearts. Whatever our circumstances, Lord, you know where we're at. Come, Holy Spirit. Touch our lives now, I pray. Touch our lives, I pray. In Jesus' name. Well, thanks for listening to the Seeds Church podcast. We hope you join in with us next week. For more information, you can visit our website at seedschurch.org.